Welcome to Rise, Pray, Love. This is Casey Baxley. And Kevin Blevins. And tonight we are going to talk about some verses that are in 1 John. We're going to read um, 2, 1 John 2. And we're going to read um, 15 through 17. So here we go. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you have... When you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are of this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Do not love this world, Casey. Yeah, that's mentioned quite a few times here. <laughs> so I I wondered what, you know, in the Bible, it, when it talks about love, there's there's different types um, of love that it talks about. And so um, in this instance, when we looked it up in the original language, that <clears throat> it means agape love, which is not holding it above, not holding what... Um, that kind of love, not putting something above something else. Well, so to put it in the the pro sense okay. here rather than the anti sense. So to love in this sense is to hold something in very high regard. Okay. To hold it in such a high regard that nothing else kind of compares to it. Yeah. So if you look at that with the very first verse, it says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. Right. That puts a little bit of different spin on it. One of the things that has always bugged me, Casey, was when I would hear guys read scripture or they would talk about the world. Yeah. What is the world? It's that little globe. So well, okay, but but remember this whole thing that we're talking about this this idea of who Jesus is. uh, It is seen most clearly when we understand that the Bible itself, all 66 books, right, right are, is a unified story that leads to Jesus, yeah. right? That's what I believe about the Bible. Absolutely. And, and, well, if you believe that, then what you have to do almost every time you say, okay, let's, talk, let's break this, this truth down, mm-hmm. you have to go back to the beginning and say, okay, well, God created the world, Right, so now every time I hear a sermon, you know, especially from from you know, we're reading scripture in the New Testament, and it says, you know, like it says here, do not love this world. Mm-hmm. Well, God created the world. Why is it bad? Well, it's it's referencing the fact that the world has been distorted and twisted and mangled by sin. Right. Yeah. So even though God created it, once sin entered, that changed the dynamic. Right. And the dynamic that changed was, who is God? Yeah. The, the, but prior to the fall of man, before sin entered the world, mm-hmm. Satan was not the ruler of this world. God was the ruler of this world. And he wanted human beings to partner with him to rule over the earth. Right. And so this world was a world that gave God glory. That, that understood who he was and wanted to hold him, to love him with agape love, as you yeah. mentioned, right? That, that we held him in highest regard. So we loved God uh, above all others. Yeah. Well, then when sin entered the world, it was because we desired to be our own God. And we said, 
uh, when God said, don't eat of this fruit, and Satan came and said, look, if you eat the fruit, you're going to be like God. That's why he doesn't want you to be that. That's why he doesn't want you to eat that fruit, because you're going to know the knowledge of good and evil, and you're going to be like him, and he's, he's scared of, that you're going to be, you know, like him. Yeah. And so we were tempted with the one temptation that was available in the garden. Yeah. The one thing that yeah. God said, don't do, yeah. you can eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't touch this one, right? And, and, and Satan lied, and he twisted the truth, and he, he made it so appealing that Adam and Eve, especially Eve, but Adam and Eve <laughs> um, t- took the fruit and ate yeah. because they wanted to be like God. And that would make them, in some way, um, more than they already were. When God had already made them perfectly where they were, yeah. the way they were. So anyway, I digress because we could get into a long right. Bible study on just that. But So don't love this world. What are we talking about this world? We're talking about this fallen earth where Satan, the evil one, has dominion. Where he is constantly tempting us. So in the garden, we had one temptation. right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In this world that Satan rules over, he's planted a lot of trees. Yeah, there's a lot of destruction. Yeah, yeah. He, is. he has all of this temptation around us. He's working it all the time. Yeah. And this world is a world that is hostile toward God, and it is one that has goals and the purpose of excluding God from everything. It wants whatever you see with your eyes and touch with your hands to become your ultimate goal. Yeah. So don't love this world nor the thing of it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Yep. Man, this, this sounds so binary, right? Like, how can I be a Christian and have the Holy Spirit in me and be walk, working every day, walking with Jesus... And then suddenly one day as I'm walking along, um, I give in to a temptation and the, suddenly the love of the Father is not in me? What is, how does that work, Casey? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not that, it's not like that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like it falls off. It's not like it um, goes away. It's, it's part of your sinful nature. Um, and so that's where you get back into fellowship with Jesus and, and keep walking and keep going. I think the answer to, that, to my question is actually best answered with the first line in verse 16. Okay. It says, for the world offers only craving for the physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and, a, and pride in our achievements and possessions. So basically, when the love of the Father is not in me, is when I am giving the love and the adoration for the things of God, the good things that he put in my life, things that bring him glory because people see those things in my life and they go, man, that is awesome, right? And then I have the opportunity to say, well, it's not because of me. It's because God gave me these things. Well, in your, the, love, the love in your heart, the Holy Spirit in your heart, it, it's not a meter. It's not like it goes full and empty, mm-hmm. it, it's never changing. It's where you're distracted. It's where you're focused. So God doesn't change us into some sort of automaton where he controls our gaze. Right. 
right? He, he doesn't turn us into a puppet where he controls our movements. Yeah. And he doesn't brainwash us into, I only love God. I only love God. Right. I only love God. I mean, he, it's not like that. He allows us to continue to be us. Right. And so we have an opportunity to get to know him and love him. Make a choice to love him, and then get to know him more, and then make a choice to love him more, and then we get to chance, and then get the opportunity to see more about him, and learn more, and love him even more. And so, as that relationship grows, like you're saying, yeah, right. It's not a meter. It's not. It's not a binary switch or a, a button that we push. Uh, yeah. So when it says the love of the Father, you do not have the love of the Father in you. It, it's saying in that moment you've chosen to love something else. Yes with a love that you should have reserved yeah. for God. Yeah, because the love of the Holy Spirit didn't change. Right, or the presence of the Holy yeah. Spirit didn't necessarily change, although I may not be operating in the Spirit in that moment because I've chosen to operate yeah. in the lust of my flesh. Yeah. That's a that's a churchy term, <laughs> you know, lust of my flesh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, these are these those desires for the yeah. things that cause us to move away from loving the things of God and loving the things of this world. So I, I flipped over to the message version, which I like to check different versions of the Bible just to see how they say it, because a lot of times it, mm-hmm. it interprets it better for my, mm-hmm. my feeble brain. Um, and the way that it says 15 is don't love the world's ways, don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't leave the room you need to show, to give God the glory for the things that He's done for you, mm. it gets replaced with those other things. Right. So God isn't just interested; He is interested in how the world sees Jesus in us. Yes. He is interested in that, sure. but He's also interested in how Jesus in us uh, allows us to see ourselves and see Him yeah. for who He is. So that might be one of those instances where you have a friend that doesn't believe in Jesus, and they're like. Something happens in your life. Um, you know, it, it may be casual. Well, like I had a we had a wreck in our family earlier this year, and we handled that. I, I felt like in a way that was full of grace and full of mercy and full of patience. When it the wreck wasn't necessarily our fault, it was the other driver's fault, and so we they had already called and they had already told the insurance company it was one hundred percent our fault. We had to pay for everything. Well, we could have handled that one way, but my son was very gracious in the way that he spoke to the insurance agent. And he, she, when I got on the phone with her, she said, wow, your, your son portrayed it this way. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's that difference that we can see, that heart transformation, that we can see that the world didn't squeeze worldly words out of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We were able to overflow God's love in a situation where people can watch and say, oh, okay, there's something different about you. Mm. And that difference is, is being able to have that glory. Mm. So, For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and pride for our, in our achievements and possessions. So this world is all about, I mean, it, it, you don't have to teach anybody what a craving for physical pleasure is. Right. You don't have to teach anybody how we can value things that we see with our eyes more than the things of God. Yeah. 
What's difficult is how do you help somebody understand that God is has a surpassing or greater value than those things? Well, I mean, I think that comes back to how many times in our lives have we tried to fill that love, that that need for fellowship with God with one of those things. Right. And it never delivers. And it never works. Because what that ends up doing every single time in every one of those instances, whatever your vice is, whatever your worldly thing is that drives you, because um, it can be different for different personalities and different people, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, it, it isolates you from mm-hmm. your fellowship with Jesus. And normally right. your fellowship with other believers. Right. So. Right. So whether you are a Bible-believing church-going Christian mm-hmm. or you're someone who is struggling uh, to understand how and why all these things in the world that I keep getting into my life, which are supposed to make me feel happy and fulfilled, right, fail to deliver every single time, yeah. right? And they do. Uh, I don't know how often we've seen... Uh, a Christian, a Christ, Christmas morning scene, right? Uh, Thirty minutes after the packages have all been opened, right? I mean, right. it's like uh, this graveyard of brand new stuff, <laughs> right? Because everybody's kind of on overload, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I I think it is true in our country more than any other, mm-hmm. because even the poorest among us are among the richest in the world. Yeah. Uh, that. We have so much, it's so hard to be grateful for what we have. And so it's it's a playground for Satan to say, well, you need now you need this. Well, now you need this. Well, now you need this. And so we, we leave our hearts open to that when we don't spend time with Jesus, when we don't say, hey, for a few moments, I'm going to shut the things of this world out of my life. And I'm going to focus on who you are, Jesus. I want to just take a few minutes and remember that you died on the cross for me, that you suffered a horrible, horrible death so that I could live. And I'm going to focus for a few minutes that you didn't just stop there, but that you came back to life and that you're alive today. And that you're not just, um, you know, here to pay the penalty for my sin, but you're coming back as the reigning king and you're going to take all authority uh, uh, to your, unto yourself. And then you're going to finally and, and forever partner with people the way you had originally intended so that we will reign alongside you. So, so not only am I um, set free from my sin so that I'm, I'm no longer obligated to sin. I don't know if people realize that, that yeah. when you don't have Jesus, when you have not given your life to him, you have no choice but to feed these cravings that we've been reading about. And and keep putting, not necessarily weight as in body weight, but just the weight of those things continue to pile and pile and pile. I, you know, I, I think about people that I've led to Christ and they talk about how much lighter they feel after they accept Christ. And I think it's because they're not carrying mm-hmm. even it's just the weight of their sins. Their weight of their sins. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So this last verse says, uh, and this world is fading away and all the thing and along with everything that people crave. So it's just talking about what we were just saying that, that, that it always fails to deliver 
that it's never going to truly satisfy. That when we look for something that excludes God in our life or that pushes him out, mm-hmm. as your version said, then it squeezes him out and we are left with just this empty shell. Um, but every anyone who does what pleases the God will live forever, verse 17 says at the end. Yeah. And that is in reference to the fact that people who possess salvation also possess a desire to know Jesus. And as we know him, then we get to love him. And as we love him, we, we want to know him more. And as we get to know him a little bit better, then we love him more. And that's a progression that goes on and on and on in our life. And it starts to squeeze out the things of this world. Yeah. We no longer have room for all of this extraneous stuff that does nothing but kill, kill, steal, and destroy. Right. Uh, that's the purpose of Satan in, as the ruler of this world. And that's why he wants to exclude God in every corner. Yeah, so... Um, I looked this up also in another version, and, and I like the way that it says at the end, it says, but the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. So when we start examining our lives, you know, which is really what this is about, is you want to check yourself and see because because you don't want to make the mistake of... Um, not not seeing those areas in our lives that the world has snuck into, the world has taken up place in our hearts that maybe we haven't thought about, um, where we need to turn that around and clear that out and and fill that with the love of Jesus more. Mm. Um, and so I that's really what this to me is. Um, is the ability to check, okay, are these the things that I'm loving or are these the things that I'm loving? Mm-hmm. Um, and it might even be that you need to make a list. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the characteristics of God that you're able to display to somebody because it's overflowing from your heart? Um, and then what are the things that maybe um, have become daily habits that mm-hmm. don't glorify who he is or don't show him love or don't show other people his love? Um, and, and compare those lists. Because, like, you, you, you make me laugh so much. Why? Make lists. I know. Are you serious there, right now? There are people that have paper and pen. You Be could sure. do it on your computer. Be sure and get some colored markers yes. and some, you know, squiggly paper. Absolutely. Well, you have to have like color codes to know which ones are which. Okay, so yes, do that. Do those things. If you can that do is, it just a mental check if, if you that need is who, to do that. If that is who you are, that is a great idea. <laughs> it is a really good exercise. Get your pen and paper out. Some people, my wife actually loves to write. Yeah, I, I love to write. Yeah, so there was a time in my life when that really helped me. The biggest problem I had was is that no one, including me, could read what was written. <laughs> Uh, so therefore, electronic devices became my friend. But well, um, I, I don't mind, Kevin. I give you permission to make you give your me list permission to on make, the computer. Make my computer list. Okay, good. <laughs> so, but I, I do want to bring this up. Okay, yeah. so where it says in the last part of the last sentence or phrase in mm-hmm. in verse seventeen, but anyone who does what pleases or or the will of God, uh-huh. as you read it, uh, will live forever. Okay, that word live is talking about the type of 
of life that is an abiding life. Okay, what does abiding mean? Okay, so when Jesus talked about, I, I always use this when I hear the word abiding, I immediately go to this illustration that Jesus gave of him as the vine and we are the branches. Okay. A branch on a, on a uh, grape vine uh-huh. bears fruit because it is tied into the main vine okay. for its life. Okay, and as long as it is attached and abides or remains in that vine, mm-hmm. uh, it can bear fruit. But when a branch becomes detached from the vine, it withers and dies. Okay, it's not because there's for, no life source. Right, okay. and it's not good for anything except, like as Jesus says, cat to be cast into the pile and burned. Mm. Okay, so. Draw from that inference whatever you okay. will about your future. Yeah, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. I think but, I know. But, but, but anyone who does what pleases God is abiding in the, his life, is abiding in him. That's going back to the fellowship aspect, right? Yeah. This whole idea of fellowship is about, is about spending time to fall in love, Yeah. right? Um, I think I may have mentioned this before, forgive me. Uh, for indulging, but, you know, when we marry someone, we think we know them, we think we love them, we think we, we think we would do anything for them, and then we get married and life happens, Yeah. right? And when life happens, uh, that love that we declared in one moment in time mm-hmm. in front of our family and friends at the wedding yeah. gets tested. Sure. And then... A bunch more life goes by. Maybe children come and go, as in our case. Yeah. Uh, and now there are the beginnings of relationships with grandchildren. And, and man, all along the way in the different seasons of, of that life together, uh, there were times and there are times when that, that love that we declared in that one moment in time is tested. Mm-hmm. And so it's through that commitment to one another that that, relationship remains intact and we remain together. Sure. So I want to call upon everyone who can hear my voice to say this, declare your love for Jesus and allow yourself to be so committed to him that you spend time with him regularly, that you learn as much as you can about who he is and how he lived and what he taught and what he wants from you as someone who follows him and has declared your love for him, yep. right? Absolutely. Give him the respect and honor as the one true authority in your life and allow that to permeate every part, every aspect of your life. Yeah. Don't leave anything out. And then you will be the one who is abiding in him the way that this verse is talking about. Yeah. And and I think it's hard as a human when you see the word forever, because, you know, you think of best friends forever or, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things, forever still seems like it has a stopping point. Mm. And one of the things that Kevin and I used to teach the kids is the only person, they're the only, yeah, the only person that can say never and forever is God. Because mm. he's the only one that never did things and he's the only one that's going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we have to think outside of our human box, outside of our human brain, to know that this kind of love is deeper each day and deeper than we've ever experienced for anybody else and will continue quite literally 
forever. Mm -hmm. And if that's the kind of relationship with Jesus that you are desiring, then all of those other things become insignificant. Mm -hmm. And the more you focus on that kind of relationship, the more insignificant everything else becomes. Right. Right. So just like Satan would have this world Mm -hmm. that we live in exclude God from everything. Right. When we are, as human beings, let's don't give Satan all the credit. When we as human beings are left to our own natural state, we would exclude God from everything um, because of our sin nature. Now, with Jesus in our life, we have the quest of including God in everything. And so let's go out there this week and try to find new ways to include him in what you're doing. Yeah. Try to find ways to include him at work and when you're spending time with your kids and when you're, uh, whatever leisure activities you have going on, when you go shopping, would it change the way you tip when you go out to eat Absolutely. if you included yeah. God in what you're doing there at the table? Yeah. So just find ways to include him more. Uh, so just as the world around you is gonna try every step of the way to exclude him, you do things to include him and what that will effectively do is allow those who believe in jesus to be light pushing back the darkness yeah and light always pushes back the darkness it always wins so if you guys have enjoyed what you've heard and um you have any questions or any comments please feel free to contact us um there's two ways to do that one is risepraylove.com the other is our facebook group which is also rise pray love and we would love to hear from you and in if the reason you're not contacting us is because you think that you're going to get where Casey has told you to go to contact us and we're going to ask you for something, we we're are not. not. Nope. God has called us to do this uh, and we are we do it because he's asked us to, uh, not because we think we're great at it <laughs> and not because uh, we are trying to get something from it. It's just something that he asked us to do and we are being obedient to him to do it. So please, 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 if uh, this has meant something to you or if you have questions, if you hate it with every fiber of your being, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. We'll see you next week.